Several miles off the main highway, tucked away in a secluded canyon on prime vineyard property, stands a rustic barn that was built many decades before the vines around it were planted. In that barn, a sophisticated broadcast and recording studio has been built. The barn also has a well-hidden root cellar stocked with many of the world's most exceptional wines, only to be shared with guests who secretly come to offer their insights and tell their stories. Guests are sworn to secrecy and are shuttled to the studio aboard a John Deere tractor. Those who cannot make the journey in person are interviewed by satellite hookup, and sometimes the crew simply sneaks away with microphones in hand and interviews guests in barrel rooms, wine cellars, and other magical places. All of this is done like clockwork every single week so that we can bring you another episode of Grape Encounters Radio. Peel me a grape Crush me some ice Skin me a peach Save the fuzz for my pillow And it is time for your weekly Grape Encounter. Ah, the Christmas bells are ringing. It's about time to gather with family and friends and really enjoy everything that this season brings. Santa brought me a couple of gifts early this year. I got them a few days before Christmas, and I was going to do a show about what are the perfect Christmas gifts for wine lovers. I always talk about that around this time. All of a sudden, they just kind of magically showed up on my doorstep. First one comes to me by a fellow by the name of Bob Sweeney. And Bob, welcome. You're sitting in the studio. Finally got you here. I am very happy to be here, David. Thanks for having me. And tell people where we met, because it's, it's really strange. A mutual friend introduced us, gosh, six or seven years ago, maybe. And we hung out and had some wine, talked about wine, talked about ideas. And then I introduced that my wife and I were going to go to Santa Barbara that night to a Roberta Flack concert. And uh, I think it was Roberta's final tour. Yeah. And, and you said, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. And we all went. And we had a blast. Yeah, you gave me some flack. At, at Roberta's. That's great. That's right. Yeah, that was so much fun. But we were we spent that evening just talking about wine and ideas. And I had a project that I was working on, my wine aerator, mm-hmm. the Infuse Air. You had all kinds of ideas as well. I and mean, look at you. You scored big time. You've got a product that is going into Costco. It is in Costco right now. It's in Costco. And it's, I think it's the grandest thing. And you know what? So you're, you came here by a limo, just going to have to continue to make a poor talk show host's salary. Well, you can, can I ride in the limo? Wait, just uh, take no, it around the block? We didn't do the limo, but we oh. could have. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. okay. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, at the time, I owned a tour company, so we did have limos. That's right. You did. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, well, let's I, get, let's get into exactly, uh, what happened here and let's talk about this product because it is, it is like super way cool. They're packs, I guess, party packs, right? Sampler packs. Sampler packs. Boutique wine sampler packs. And I know pretty much all of these winemakers, these are big names. The quality of their wine is stellar. Absolutely. And there's two paths that we found as kind of our roadmap to finding these folks. One of them is that some of them are were big giant winemakers who then dumbed yeah. it down. They were tired of making did, a million gallons. Well, they wanted they to make Did you know, they dumb it down or did they just refine it? They to, refined it. And they yeah. kept and they want to do small, high quality small production. On the other side, you've got an up and comer. You've got someone that's brilliant. You can just when you start talking to them, you know this guy's 
one's got it or this gal's got it. And so it's fun to be able to put those two types of, of winemaker in the same kind of box. So what you have, these are half bottles basically. Right, splits, yeah. Except that people have the wrong idea about what a split is because when you mm-hmm. go and you order a split in a restaurant, it's been split into quarters basically. Right, <laughs> you know, they're right. not really a split, but a true split is what, two and a half glasses yeah, maybe? Yeah, two and a half, right. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a half-size bottle. It's a 375 milliliter, half of a 750, which we normally see at a store or whatever. But it's an adequate amount of wine. You can share the bottle. You can drink the whole bottle yourself. It's kind of hits and, both. And I did. You sent them to me to try out. And I these wines do have a history with me. And I, I might add that I've sold these wines before. I don't know if I have any of these particular uh, wines in stock, but you're going to get me a supply of these things. Absolutely. These, I'm excited because we're going to have them today. It's very rare to see wines of this quality all assembled together. In fact, I can't really remember ever seeing it. Wineries do it with just their own wines, right? Right. Anybody else doing this? I, well, there are a couple companies, but they're doing it with little tiny bottles. Well, yeah, smaller size. Yeah, like like what you get on an airplane. Right. And it's not really enough. And there's no. some technical issues with that because you have too much glass contact. It bruises the wine. You don't quite get a clean taste. And there's really not enough to enjoy. What if you like that taste? Then you're done with it. There's no more. This sampler size bottle, it's two and a half glasses. You can enjoy the whole bottle and it's, it's the perfect amount. This is a substantial amount, but I thought of a Another use for this box, and you know my passion for blending wine, right? Absolutely. I created the concept Vinthesis. People are talking Vinthesis. That's where we take a single varietal wine from one winery, one winemaker, and then we blend it with a single varietal from another winemaker. There are no rules as far as geography is concerned. You can blend a wine from Argentina with a wine from New Zealand, with a wine from California, with a wine from Oregon. It's kind of nouveau thinking. I'm not sure what the average person is going to realize what you can do with that, but you can do amazing things. I had the opportunity when I was shopping for the wines in this sampler pack to actually be involved in the blending process because I was buying wine in barrel that was new. To go through that process was kind of eye-opening to be able to blend this with that and figure out, you know, this one brings the fruit out, this one puts a backbone in. It's kind of uncanny what you can create. So you had not done this before? Not at that level. Not at a level where I was, you know, now going to buy it, where I was paying attention. These guys that you're working with, these are creme de la creme guys. Well, I've been around the block with this sort of thing for the last dozen years, and I know these folks, they know me. There's a mutual trust there, which is a beneficial element to starting a project like this. And so we all have, I guess, a mutual respect. So when I was doing those blending trials with these different guys, they were excited as I was because that wine was going to go into Costco in large volumes. Yeah, and let's talk about that because that's the really exciting part of the story we haven't really told yet. You manage on the first go round to get into Costco. Um, Do you know how many people have tried their whole life to get a product into Costco? I mean, it's like being on Shark Tank and winning. Well, kind of. And we're super blessed to have had it. The conversation was multiple months. And when I finally had a chance to meet face-to-face with the LA region buyer, his name is Paul Newman, wonderful guy, a great visionary. He and his the supervisors of in the region saw what we were trying to accomplish. My hat's off to them because we had them at hello. They knew what we were trying to do. And what we were trying to do was take the average wine buyer in Costco, the largest retailer of wine in the world, who are looking for good value for good wine. And we were trying to elevate... They're, you know, raise the bar for them. Give them a shot to go big. Get into the world of boutique wine. If you're in a wine store, 
you might see one of these wines for $60, $70, $80. The Cast Malbec, for example, which is in the Paso Robles pack, is $79 bottle of wine if you go to the tasting room and is buy it. Is that right? Yeah. So it's in our sampler pack. Okay. So uh, let's do the math there. The wine uh, is how much just for that one bottle for $750? $79. Or $79. So let's say $80, bucks, right? That means you got a half bottle, so it's worth $40, bucks, right. let's say. What is it selling for at Costco? The sampler pack is $49.99 in Southern California. So basically for 9 bucks, yeah. you get the other five wines. Yeah. Somebody's losing some money somewhere. Absolutely not. You know, the trade-off is my background, I'm not a winemaker. Um, I'm a wine aficionado, but my background's in experiential marketing. And I know that for people to really get to know something, they have to try it. And particularly with wine, when you taste something you love, you're now hooked. Someone can tell you, hey, that's a great wine, but eh, you're not going to necessarily right. come away with that. So tasting the wine was the thing. You know, when we explained to these folks what we were trying to do, we were trying to get their wine into the mouths of thousands of buyers. They, oh, that's exposure. And so when you do the math, 10,000 people tasting the wine from the sampler pack, which is probably the average number, yeah. 5,000 units two, times two, it's probably bigger than that. 10,000 people tasting somebody's wine is equivalent to, I think, two or 300 people a day going into a tasting room. Wow. So, Oh, my gosh. When you, when you do the math. That is, yeah, that is pretty amazing. But everybody's dreamed of going to Costco. By the way, I'm going to say this, but we're going to take a break here. But I'm, I have to say this, and I've said it many times on this show. Don't knock Costco wines. Costco gets it right. They're a big box store, but they get it right. And you go into any Costco that is near a wine region like Napa or Sonoma or down where we're at uh, in uh, San Luis Obispo, they have good, great, I should say, local wines there. Great local wines. They're very serious about it. They're very serious about their wines. Costco is a great place to get wine. And uh, now you're going to be able to get this incredible sample pack from Bob Sweeney. It's terrific. You know, my purpose for having you on is to is to encourage this kind of thing to happen more, you know, for people to get out and explore more. And these splits are a great way to do it. We're going to take a little break here and we're going to talk more to Bob Sweeney. And uh, we'll, maybe we'll even sing a little Roberta Flack together. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> we're talking about the boutique wine sampler this is a great Christmas present, honestly. Now, I got another great Christmas present I'm going to talk about, too. And I've showed it to you, Bob. Huh? It's awesome. It's it's crazy awesome. I It might be the Christmas present of the year. I mean, if, especially if you like gadgets, this one really is going to blow your mind. And we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. This is unfathomable. And it's also a product that I designed, but I didn't design it quick enough. And somebody else came up with the idea. And that just stinks when that happens. Bob, you scooped me on this one. <laughs> All right, we'll be back with more Grape Encounters right after this. sometimes say it's the wine talking well everyone knows that wine can't talk that's why a bunch of grapes got together and hired david wilson to do the talking for them <laughs> david will uncork today's story after this
Connecting winemakers, wine lovers, wine adventures, and all things wine from around the globe. You are listening to Grape Encounters Radio with David Wilson, broadcasting from our wine cellar studio in idyllic Atascadero, centrally located in the central coast wine country of San Luis Obispo County, California. I tell you, I kick myself sometimes. I just don't understand why it is that I come up with so many good ideas and then other people, they've got something that I don't have. Initiative, I guess, you know, because there are guys like Bob Sweeney who put together this really cool package. Actually, it's two packages, Santa Barbara Sampler Pack and the Paso Robles Sampler Pack. Let's talk about what you did. You went after some of the best winemakers in the area and you got them to collaborate and create a box that is really super representative of the fine wines from that area. I live in the Santa Barbara uh, area, Santa Inez Valley wine country, and I'm surrounded by all these phenomenal boutique wineries. Santa Barbara in particular has more than any other region in the country per capita. I mean, per the bigger players are up in Paso. I think the latest stat is there's about 150 wineries, winery operations in Santa Barbara County, and mm-hmm. about 100 of them make less than 5,000 cases of wine a year. And probably half of that make less than 1,000. So they're small, small guys. And so because I was familiar with the area, I got to know who the players were and went shopping with, what do you guys think about this? What if we put one of your wines in the sampler pack so that thousands of people could try it? When the list started to grow, they saw who each person saw who the other guy was and that they were all really good. And so they all had to step up and put in their good stuff. So, so was that a big concern that you're putting one guy's wine in with another person's wine? Actually, the opposite happened. When they saw that, they realized I better put in my best stuff because really? I don't want to be overshadowed by it. It became competitive. Yeah. And this is the chance for these people to to stand out. I mean, a Costco store, 3,000 people a day walk through it. So that's 3,000 eyeballs seeing this package. If they buy it or not, it's a great promotion for them. It's great branding for them. Well, no, it's, it's actually 6,000 eyeballs seeing it. That's right. Two eyeballs, one each. Yeah, yeah. So. Exactly. Unless somebody's wearing a Unless patch. Unless somebody's got yeah. a patch or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but how many, so let's just, yeah, let's not assume it's an even number though. <laughs> okay, all right, go on. <laughs> well, but anyway. We digress, yeah. Yeah, I'm, right. yeah. So what was really interesting, as I understand it, Costco, first of all, they don't make a big margin to begin with on their products and they took a, a pretty big hit in order to be able to sell this package at a really inexpensive price. How did that work? I'll tell you a quick story. I know a guy whose dad is best friends with the chairman of Costco. And he said to me, if you need to get an audience, I can get you one. I looked at our prototype and I thought, you know what? I don't need to go to the back door. I go to the front door. So I called the warehouse manager of the Santa Barbara Costco. It's actually in Goleta. And I made an appointment to come see him. And I went to the store. I opened up my bag and I put this on the table and he immediately got it. The room was full of people in cubicles talking on the phone. The fellow behind me hung his phone up, spun his chair around and looked at us and saw the box and went, that's amazing. So this fellow, he said, well, I'm going to connect you with our regional wine buyer and I'll have him track you down. And he did. That conversation started in June and we cut a deal in September. When we finally got to talking about it, he said, you know, we need to sell this at $50. This is really our point. And I knew what my cost was and what I was offering it to them for. And it wasn't much less than that. And I said, well, gee whiz, we're a startup. Um, This is a new venture. The costs are very large. I can't cut my margin. And he said, well, we are. We want this to go. We're going to back this product. And they want people to take this home and try it and tell their friends. Yeah. This is going to be a new way for people to to learn about wine, to experience stuff they never thought they could afford, and find it in, a, in one place. It really makes sense. Or at least you need to go out and cover every wine region in America, which I'm sure you're, That's the plan. You, you got plans. But for the average person, you're going to go and you're going to go buy a bottle of wine and say it's a, a $30 or, or $40 bottle of wine. A lot of the time, it's not going to be great. And you're stuck with that. And so for the price of just one bottle of wine, 
really, one good bottle of wine, you get six. It surprises me how many people come into the Grape Encounters Emporium. And what do they do? They buy the same glass of wine every time they come in. It's like, we got 300 wines you can taste here. Let's experiment, right? Well, experimenting can be costly and, and painful, and it can also turn you away if you pick the wrong one a couple times in a row and you don't know what to do. That's where this product really helps. So let's open up Pandora's box. What makes these wines great is that they're boutique wines. They're not mass-produced wines. This is my mission. I want people to understand there's a difference and why there's a difference. And I could go on ad infinitum. But when you make a small batch of wine, a few hundred gallons, you can baby that wine. If you're a big brand and you're in every grocery store in America, you're making a million gallons of wine. It's a different process. And the flavors are are not the same. So these boutique winemakers are putting their heart and soul and their passion into this wine. And it's better. It's a better wine. It's actually an interesting point you make because if you you sell the wine in small smaller bottles, there's more of it to go around and you're going to be able to taste, you know, really quality boutique wines that you probably would not have otherwise been able to get. You can't find these wines in stores. Period. Right. You're not you going to get them there. You no. can go to the winery and buy them from them, or you can buy them from us. Yeah, it's a darn good idea. Thanks. So, um, so it, Glad you thought it, of it. <laughs> I know, I did. What else is in the, the package besides uh, the wine? You've got, guess, the whole kit for doing tasting party, right? Yeah, so there's two things. There's a 12-page full-color tasting guide that goes through each wine, page by page, wine by wine, profile the wine, profile the winemaker, link to the video where you can watch the interview with them, a map of the area that's all in the book. Then there's a placemat with a picture of each bottle, tasting notes, and a way for you to throw a, a tasting party with the six bottles. You can have 8, 10, 12 people do a tasting party with what's in this box. And that's a super fun thing. This would be a really good idea for people who are contemplating going to a particular region to do a wine tasting experience. Sometimes when you get to a region, you find out you may not like those wines. Like for instance, you know, I was a, a couple of years ago, I was the ambassador for, for Northern Greek wines. They're not everybody's, you know, cup of tea, you know, and, and if you go up to Oregon, Willamette Valley, you're only getting Pinot. And if you don't like Pinot, it may not be your cup of tea, but I, I love the idea that you can put together a representation of a region and then kind of know in advance what the profile of the wines are like there. And I think people in the wine who are in, into wine kind of get that, that there are regions, that Bordeaux, Spain, Burgundy. Th- these are areas that have a certain style of wine. Absolutely. So California is the same. We have Napa and Sonoma, totally different wine areas. Paso Robles, completely different. Santa Barbara, completely different. So it's all California wine. But the more you get to know about it, the more nuanced you know these regions are. And so it's fun to go to a region and see what that region's about. What style do they make? And that's what we're trying to also... Yeah, no. Well, you've done a great not. job, and I, I really congratulate you. If somebody wants to purchase the product... The easiest way is to go to boutiquewinebox.com. We have maps there of where it, where it is in stores. We have videos on all the wines and interviews with the winemakers. So the Paso Robles box is in Northern California, Costco's now through the first of the year. And then it'll sell out. And then the Santa Barbara box is in Southern California, Costco's again through the first of the year. Then they'll be the Paso Robles box will be in Southern California in January. And these are mostly the coastal stores. The inland stores aren't so wine-centric, so the, the Costco's we're dealing with are mostly from Santa Rosa down to Laguna Niguel. Isn't that funny? You know, you, more wine is consumed in the coastal communities. Well, those are where the wine regions are when you think about it. Well, and it's also where the expensive real estate is and people yeah, that and can, people afford can afford it. really good wine, I guess. Uh, All right. That's not to take anything away from places that are not coastal. It's selling like crazy in Bakersfield. There you go. Bakersfield. Great wine audience up there. Yep. Anyway. All right. Well, uh, Bob, a pleasure having you in. Great And I to wish be you the best of luck. It's a, a great idea, like I said, and I wish you hadn't... Uh, 
stole it from me, but no, you didn't take it from me. Checks anyway, no, it, was a, it was a great idea. It's a great idea, and I, and I congratulate you on putting it together. We're going to talk about another product. This one is a humdinger, I'm t- and it does hum, by the way, and it is a really cool product. It gets the the wine gizmo of the year award by far, hands down. Nobody even comes close. You've seen it. Would you agree? I'm going to basically give it my uh, four stars. This is a great thing. I, I'm going to get one. Four out of four. Or four out of four. Yeah, four out of four. four well, out of four. I'll okay. go five out of five. All whatever. right. Okay. Yeah. That's coming up next on Grape Encounters Radio. Stay with me, okay? Remember, as much as you may love wine, it is not the answer to your problems. Unless the problem is you're out of wine. Your Grape Encounter with David Wilson will continue right after these important messages. You don't have a problem with that, do you? Conservative about what he spends on wine, but liberal on how much he pours his friends. Here's your host, David Wilson. And we are back with Grape Encounters Radio, and now I get to tell you about a product that I really think it is going to be my product of the year for 2017. It is a dandy. I talk an awful lot on the radio about the importance of aeration. There are so many different aerating devices out there, including one that yours truly invented. I think that there is no single thing that impacts the quality of wine more than the wine's exposure to air. Now, we're generally talking about red wines here, but white wines too, to a lesser degree. Well, anyway, there is a product that I was introduced to just about, you know, a handful of weeks ago, and it comes to us from up north Bellingham, Washington. It is the brainchild of Bevster Innovations USA, which is run by Charn Rye. He's the CEO and founder of Bevster Innovations, and he's on the line with me now. Charn, how's it going? Hi, David. Great. How are you doing? I am. Good to uh, be here. <laughs> I'm terrific. Now, it's snowing up your way, right? It's our first snowfall of the year, yeah. Oh. And the Arctic front is coming down south. All right. So no better time than to snuggle up with a great glass of red wine, I would say. Absolutely. That's fully opened. <laughs> Before I tell people about your product, I just want to get into the whole idea of aeration. And there are so many different ways these days to aerate a wine. You have a lot of choices in terms of products. And I would say this, that anything is probably better than nothing, but there are different devices that do different things in different ways. Again, some are better than others. Yours has some applications that I think make it very different than any of the other products out there. I just want to get your comments in terms of why in the world you got into aeration to begin with and what was it that took you in this direction and 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 got you working on this particular product? Well, yeah, I came across a magnetic spinning technology that I started working on. Originally, I had started on making a stir cup for make, uh, blending protein powders and coffee and tea. You can stir in a cup and that product um, was used for uh, gymnasiums or in um, 
cafe shops as tumblers to mix your coffee. Okay, so so let's, <laughs> well, well, let me talk about this for a second because yeah. I know what you're talking about because I think most of us have been on one of those protein diets or diets that involve shakes and you buy this powder and you put it in you know, with water or juice or something and it is clumpy and these little clumps of powder explode in your mouth. Not the most pleasant thing in the world. So that that's what got you started on this. Had you even considered the application for wine? I've always seen my friends uh, swirling their wine in glasses, you know, and quite a few of them do it elegantly, but then I do have some friends that (laughs) really can't swirl, you know. And when I came up with this technology, I was wondering uh, what other products or uh, things that could use aeration or stirring. Wine happened to be a light bulb moment for me, you know, and um, we started on this path to the V-spin. Okay, so the the original product that was for people working out in gyms, etc., what was that called? Uh, that's called Bev Stir. Bev Stir. B-E-V, yeah, B-E-V-S-T-I-R. Okay, same, same, as, same as the company, yeah. You were kind enough to send me uh, one of the V-spins, and it's interesting because a number of people that have come into our wine bar, Grape Encounters Emporium, have a scientific background, and they immediately recognized the technology that you're using as something that chemists and scientists have been using for a really long time. Absolutely, and what the uh, the V-spin actually does is creates a vortex, which um, bringing the wine down the center of the funnel with air at the bottom, and then pushing the liquid wine back up on a continuous manner. And what we're able to do is uh, actually have three speeds and a timer on there, so that depending on the variety of wine, we can capture the opening of the wine for different times and and speeds for a Malbec compared to a Cabernet Sauvignon or a uh, Pinot Noir. So different varieties of wine need different types of or times and stirring speed. See, this is one of the really complicated aspects of aerating wine that I think we, we you know we really need to talk about because you know there are so many devices out there. For instance, the acrylic funnel devices that you know essentially suck air into the funnel while the wine is going through it. And that's a very effective way to aerate wine, except that it creates pretty clunky bubbles to begin with. Secondly, you have absolutely no control over how much air is being exposed to the wine, which makes it basically one size fits all. For the most part, I think all of us in the business have found that these devices work pretty well. They work okay. And I think they're better than nothing. But that point that you brought up, the fact that it's one size fits all and that you can't control the amount of air the wine's being exposed to is really huge. Absolutely. And um, that was one of our um, key findings was that with this, by controlling the speed and the time, we're able to really have a bridal specific speed and time. And we actually do it on our uh, website is um, I went to sommelier champion uh, Alistair Veen. I have an allergy to alcohol myself, but I needed somebody to really put a stamp on this and test it for all the different wine types out there. So he made a uh, chart up on there for the Shiraz, Cabernet, Bordeaux blends, young, mature Zinfandels, and um, he really tested it, and it's really been tested 
thoroughly at his restaurant, 100% wow factor with the taste. So so I would say the same thing that uh, over the past couple of weeks, I've been using the device as well. It's the same thing. It's a, I like the way you put that, a 100% wow factor. It does such an efficient job. Now, when we talk about the Vortex, by the way, to kind of explain how that works, it's as if you pulled the plug on your kitchen drain or on your bathtub and you see that swirling that goes down into the drain. What happens though the difference is is that instead of the wine going down the drain which we wouldn't <laughs> although there is certainly some wine I'd like to send down the drain instead of it going down the drain it circulates back up and around and down and it keeps doing this you can sit there and watch it you really get the idea of just how much exposure the wine gets to the air and I want to really point something out here because this is so important people who decant their wine a lot of people don't understand that you don't just pour the wine into the decanter. First of all, if you're going to decant, you need a really wide bottom decanter because you're trying to create as much surface area as you possibly can on the wine, but you don't just put it into the decanter and pour it. And I've seen people do this in restaurants all the time, and it's irritating because frankly, it needs to be exposed for, what do you think, an hour charm? It really depends upon the wine and the age of the wine. That's um, that's what Alistair, uh, our sommelier champion, was able to do and, and does. And um, it really... Uh, uh, depends upon the varietal um, grapes that uh, this wine is made out of, and by the speed and the spin time, you end up with a really great tasting wine that's fully opened up, and just the taste changes. Like the V-spin will not make a bad wine taste great. Bad wine is bad wine. It'll take a great wine and make it even greater, and an average wine even better. Well, I think the, the point is is that, and this is true with the Venturi and other devices out there, that if you've got a $10 bottle of wine that's made reasonably well, exposure to air is going to make it taste more like a $15 or $20 bottle of wine, let's say. It's going to help it along, unless the wine has fatal flaws, which so many wines do, and all the air in the world is not going to help that thing because it's a stinker. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. But if you've got a, a wine that's decent to begin with, you're going to be stunned at how much aeration changes things. And, you know, and to be fair to decanters, which have been around since the beginning of wine, they do an efficient job and you can regulate the amount of air by just waiting. Then you talked about swirling and the importance of swirling. If you don't mind sitting there swirling the glass for, you know, 20 minutes, it'll work out just fine for you. Uh, And you should swirl. But like you said, a lot of people just get sloppy with it and it winds up more in your lap and on the table than anyplace else. So anyway, listen, we're going to come back and we're going to get into, you know, how you approached this and how you got involved with a very famous crystal making company in Germany that really brought this whole thing together for you. And uh, that's going to be a very interesting story. Charn, can you hang with me? You bet. All right. We're we're talking to Charn Rye. He is the uh, CEO and founder of Bevster Innovations USA, Inc., located in Bellingham, Washington. He just came out with a product that I think is going to be a revolution in the wine business. The last time I was this excited about a product was uh, when the Coravin came out. I, I thought it was just a stunning product. And when I started touting the qualities of the Coravin, I said, this is going to be the hottest thing on the market. And now we've got a new hot product from Bevster Innovations USA, Inc. And we'll continue with Charn Rye right after this.
best way to avoid spitting wine is to avoid wines unworthy of being swallowed. David will be right back in a spit second. Oops, my bad. Make that split second. winemakers, wine lovers, wine adventures, and all things wine from around the globe. You are listening to Grape Encounters Radio with David Wilson. Hey, we're back with Grape Encounters Radio. I am such a wine gadget freak. I've got every wine gadget known to mankind, and I must say that I love them all. They're my children. I, you know, I wouldn't buy them if I didn't love them. There's some, some that are better than others, but wow, came across one that was totally off my radar. It is called the V-Spin, the brainchild of Charn Rye, who is the uh, founder and CEO of Bevster Innovations USA, Inc. in Bellingham, Washington. There's got to be somebody that works in a laboratory that has used this kind of technology for years that's also a wine drinker. Why didn't they just go, hey, wait a second. What if I pour my Cabernet Sauvignon into this thing? So what's interesting is the V-Spin has won this uh, German Design Award for 2018. The award is for excellent product design. You got involved with a major producer of uh, glass and crystal products, Spiegelau, right? Yeah, Spiegelau. Once uh, Alistair Veen put the stamp on that, the uh, crude uh, invention that I had actually works. I was able to have an appointment in Manhattan with the Riedel Corporation, Jones uh, Riedel Glass. Uh, everybody's heard of them and also owns Spieglau and Nachman. I didn't yeah. know that Spieglau was owned by Riedel. Yeah, it's Nachman and Riedel. I had uh, no idea. See, yes. I, you know what? You're never too old to learn. Okay, so George Riedel has actually been here in the studio and uh, spent an afternoon with us. A very interesting guy, and boy, he stays on top of stuff. Absolutely. When I uh, made my appointment, uh, I was greeted by um, Silka Banyard, who's the president of Riedel. just happened at that time when I was took my crude prototype to Manhattan. Uh, Richard Voigt was also there, who's the director of Spiegelau. We poured a bottle of wine in there, spun it for a couple of minutes, and they had the control glasses, and then the product that came out of my crude V-spin at that time, and they loved it. They saw the vision, and then we decided that we would co-brand with Spiegelau. This was uh, really the first time in their 400-year history they put their brand name Spiegelau with another product outside of their own innovation. You know what's interesting is, is we had on earlier on the show a fellow who was able to get a first-time product into Costco, and I always hear stories about how difficult it is to partner up with companies that have this kind of stature, and now you're telling me the story about getting partnered up with Spiegelau and, and Riedel, and I think there's a lesson in this for everybody, which is, you know what, don't be afraid to go to the top. It, it, Absolutely. It, it, Absolutely. So you were able to get an appointment with them. Was it hard, or did they just welcome you with open arms? I had to maneuver my way through their business. I've always learned how to drop the drawbridge into the castle, so to speak, okay. and, uh, <laughs> uh, through some networks, and uh, I got some phone numbers and I just kept on trudging along until I got to the right person that said, I will meet with you in 
Manhattan, and you know my ticket in my hotel was booked, and I couldn't get there fast enough. I had an experience.、Um, I used to do some work with the Canadian government, and I wanted to get a partner on a project. And you would be familiar with this company, Clearly Canadian Beverage Company. Back in those days, was just the hottest thing. And I just on a, a Friday afternoon and、uh, called them and made a pitch to the marketing director, who picked the phone right up, and bam, we were off and running. I said to myself, "Gosh, you know what? It isn't that hard if you just are determined to." Not compromise and not settle for second best. Absolutely, you know it takes two parties. One is a person that's not afraid to make that call, and the other is really the person that's answering the call and having an open vision to see what this call is all about. So it's it plays both both parties play into it. At the Spiegelau factory, it is、um, hand assembled. The crystal glass is lead free. The magnetic base—that's the electronic part of it, made in China. It's shipped to Germany, so everything is assembled in Germany and put together, and it gets shipped to the United States. Well, you have this beautiful decanter. It's now—it's not a wide-base decanter because it doesn't need to be for this application. And then there's、um, a, a red—I、uh, guess it's a piece that's inside the glass itself, and it freely spins. And I guess there's what magnets in that little plus sign spinning device. Yeah, we, we we call that the magnetic coupler, and what that really prevents is the stirring magnet bar that's inside. Decanter that you drop in or out, it prevents that from dropping out when you're pouring your last drink. The last thing you want is、oh. magnets dropping into your glass. Okay, so basically you got a base that has the、uh, electronics in it. I take that there's some sort of electromagnetic generating device. Yes, it's、uh, USB rechargeable batteries. So you charge it up prior to you using it, and the batteries will run for five to six hours. And the decanter, you know, you simply power on and you set your time and your speed. Then you pour your wine into your decanter and into a control glass. Once you place the decanter onto the、uh, V-spin base, it'll start stirring automatically. And at any time while there, there's time left in stirring, you have the ability to take the decanter off and do a taste test. Or when you put it back on there, it'll finish whatever time that you dialed in and allow you to finish complete stirring. So you drop this、uh, little magnet right into the decanter, and then it, it clings to this this other magnet, which is basically a transmission device. So when you then pour the wine out, the little magnet it looks like a, basically it looks like a, a big pill. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. said it, I said it looks like a suppository, but <laughs> but anyway, no, yeah. But anyway,、uh, it sticks to the the other magnet so it doesn't fall out in the glass, which was pretty ingenious, I think. Yeah, it's totally 100% inert, so it's never going to change anything. Right, and、uh, it's、uh, washable and food grade, and that's what we wanted. Was when I was designing the、uh, V-spin, I wanted to capture old world elegance, new world innovation, and、yeah. timeless tradition. Versus pouring one glass at a time or putting something in a bottle and pumping it out, and I think we were able to capture. All of that with the visa. I think it's an absolutely it's an absolutely gorgeous device, and its application, you know, especially in restaurants and and wine bars, and certainly your own table. It's a it's going to get people's attention, but it's not gimmicky at all. It's just gorgeous. So for people who want to see the product,、uh, they can go to your website. I'm going to post some information on Grape Encounters as well, so you can just go to grapeencounters.com and you'll see a link to the V Spin, and you can check that out. And then、uh, your website is、uh, is what now? It's a、uh, V Spin. dot us. That's V for Vino, S P I N dot us. And if you're at a restaurant and they have a V spin, you're gonna love the wine because it's gonna be totally open. 
at the time the appies. Thanks very much, Charn, for coming on again. If you want to see the product and uh, you can't remember the V-Spin website, you can uh, either Google V-Spin or you can go to grapeencounters.com and we'll have some links there for you as well. It's fantastic. I, I can't think of another product that I've seen uh, in 2017 and yet to be seen in 2018 that I've loved better than this. So congratulations, Charn Rot. What a pleasure to have you on. Thanks so much, David, and I'm glad you're enjoying spinning. <laughs> not the kind of spinning class that uh, people go to, but hey, lots of fun. That's going to do it for Grape Encounters today. Really appreciate my guests today. It's been a day of uh, really looking at some fun innovations, and I wish you all the very uh, happiest of New Year's, merriest of Christmases, or whatever it is that you celebrate. We will be back here next week, same time, same channel. Spin away! You never know what part of the country or the world the Grape Encounters microphones will take you to. Don't miss a single experience. Your Grape Encounter isn't over. We're just taking a breather until next week's edition. 